making ways when there was no way, God. I thank you, your way maker, Lord. Oh, I thank you, your burden barrier, Lord God. I thank you for it this morning, God. I thank you, you're mighty in battle, God. You never lost a battle, God. I thank you for it, God, Lord God. And you even this day, Lord, you're fighting our battles, Lord. Well, you said the battle is not ours, but it's yours, God. Help us to release it and give it to you, God, Lord. For you save us to cast our cares upon you, Lord. For you care for us, Lord. I thank you that you care for us, somebody, God, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. I give you glory and I give you honor, God. I give you glory and I give you honor, God. I give you glory this morning, God. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, God, Lord. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Glow, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And the people of God said, Amen. Can we stand on our feet? If we are in agreement with that prayer this morning, can somebody make some noise and shout hallelujah, thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm just glad to be alive this morning. Anybody just glad to be here and you have your health and your strength, you can smell, you can taste, you can feel all of your senses are intact. Somebody just say hallelujah to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's a song that we, we, we taught about a couple of months ago from Proverbs 3. It's come straight from the scripture, and um, it's in Proverbs. It talks about how um, you need to write the commandments of God upon your heart. Amen. And also it goes on to say to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Anybody have a testimony of trusting in the Lord? If that's you, can you just wave your hand and say, that's me, that's me. And even if you're tuning in with us, thank you for tuning in. We ask that you go ahead and click the like button, the subscribe button. And while you're at it, type trust in the Lord. So the song says, uh, write them on the tablet of your heart. Y'all remember that one? I'm going to sing it one more time for you. It says this says, write them on the tablet of your heart. Can I hear y'all sing it one time? One time, everybody sing it. Say, right. Y'all sound good. One more time. Everybody say, right. Y'all ready to praise the Lord? Hallelujah, you got it. Make some noise one more time, everybody. Clap your hands like this. Yeah. Here we go. Everybody help us sing it. Say right now.
everybody lift it and say, and all the earth will shout. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Sing Saying all the earth will shout, our hearts will cry. So great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that I needed, thy hand has provided. 
because you're great. Great is our faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, Lord, unto Good morning, good morning, and good morning. I'm here to pay tribute from the usher ministry to my pastor and my first lady. It's an honor to have been under your leadership for almost your whole 25 years. And it's going to be short. You spoke something on yesterday. You said you live by the three Fs. Faithful song just said it. Great is his faithfulness and great is your faithfulness. For 25 years you've poured your heart out to us. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Giving us everything that we need to make this life journey. Your second F was fruitful. When I came here under your leadership, I came to 500 Baptist Street. We were you in number and you have grown this church to be larger in number and we know you're a man of numbers so you have shown you're fruitful God has multiplied and your last F was family and one of the things that I admire most for you and your wife is the love that you pour out to your family. And as a mother, I know that it's a sacrifice and it's a lifetime commitment to your children. And when I want to give up, it is you who give me the strength to continue this journey and to remain faithful unto my family. So I say to you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your leadership, for your unwavering love, for your community and your church family. I know that it's a sacrifice and you do it with great joy. And for 25 years, that's a lot. Because people don't want to do it for 25 seconds, 25 minutes, 25 days, less known 25 years. So I ask everyone in here to just stand up. Let's applaud our pastor. Let's give him his flowers while he lives. For he has been a faithful man, a faithful man, and we love you, and we pray that God would give you 25 more years 
and to God be the glory. And great is his faithfulness. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are so grateful to our ushers ministry. Thank you for a, a wonderful job that you all are doing to make the kingdom of God manifest here on earth. We appreciate every member of our ushers ministry. Will you please let me thank God for the ushers ministry? Amen. Anointed. Look at all those handsome men. Beautiful sisters. That will make somebody come to church. <laughs> to God be the glory. I'm pleased to celebrate some of our graduates. If you are here. Uh, Where's Brother Colbert? I believe he's going to ULM or over there, the University of Lafayette. You see in the house? Well, praise God. What about Miss Clark? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I hate to pick on you, my sister. I want them to see you. You might come forward here. Amen. We just want to honor you. And of course, Jode Haran. Is she here? All right. Some of them attend. 10 o'clock. We, we are grateful. How about... Tamara Goham, where are you, my dear? These are, amen. Well, praise God. You're the only one. <laughs> well, tell them your game plan for now. Where are you graduating from, Amy? Where you go from now? I'm graduating from Ash and... I have uh, already sworn in to the Air Force Reserve. <laughs> and I plan on attending the LSUA when I get back. Come on, let me thank God for my sister. Congratulations. We are so proud of you. I'll see you at the top. <laughs> God bless you. Wow. <laughs> Amen. I love it when young people have a plan. They have a dream. They have a vision. That's a blessing. May God grant you the desires of your heart. Amen. We welcome all of our guests. We are grateful for you being here. If you will be kind to stop by the guest center in the lobby. We want to celebrate you and bless you with a gift. That's our way of saying thank you for coming to church. 
Amen. All minds clear. Please don't forget if you are been touched by the Holy Spirit to help us with our youth building. We we ask that you will be kind to honor God in your giving. You can even join the pastors club. These are monies that we are raising to build our youth building. And it's for good cause. We want to make sure that these young people don't stay on the street. We want to keep them from jail. Amen. Two things will do that. The word of God and a good bait. If you want to catch any fish, you got to have the bait. So that building is the bait. <laughs> it's like chalky cheese. They go there, they have fun, and then we introduce the word of God. Amen? Please stand with me as we read the Bible this morning. Turn to a very familiar passage, the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 25. Thanks to our worship team and our musicians, we appreciate every one of you. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 25. If you find it, please say amen. The Bible says, and I will restore. I can stop there and preach. That's God talking to all of us. He said, I will restore to you. The years that the locusts had eaten. The years that the canker worm had eaten. And the caterpillar. And the palmer worm. My great army. Which I sent among you. Let's pray. Our Father and our God. We are grateful for another day of blessing. Thank you O God for everyone gathered here, we have not come for show or for fashion, we've come to magnify the name of the Lord. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for our health and our strength. Thank you for the word of God. We know that grass may wither and flowers may fade but your word will stand forever. Lord, we ask that you will help us to comprehend it. Help me to explain it to your people. Help our hearing this morning. And Lord, we tap into the anointing that says your word will not return void. So we pray for manifestation of your glory. We pray for healing. We pray for salvation. We pray for deliverance. We pray for miracles, signs, and wonders in this house today. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, How to be Restored. 
For those of you that are following us by way of live stream or radio or television or social media, we want you to know that we have been preaching a series of lessons that are called How to Do Things in the Body of Christ. I believe with all my heart, it's not enough to know that Jesus saves. You need to know how to be saved. You need to know how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to know that the Holy Spirit fills people. But you need to know how to be filled. It's not enough to know that God said, Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in good health. You need to know how to prosper, how to be in good health. So in this series, we started the first Sunday, we share with you how to be healed. And then this, the second Sunday, we share with you how to pray. It's very important that you know how to pray. And then this past Sunday, we talked about how to be a godly mother. And today we're going to talk about how to be restored. Restoration. In the passage I just read to your hearing, please take note that God made a promise to restore us. If you don't receive anything else, knowing your knowing that it is the will of God, for you to be restored. God said, I didn't say it. I'm just reminding you what he said. God said, I will restore. So because he said it, we just need to know how to get it. Specifically, we need to know what does it mean when we are talking about restoration? What is restoration? We also need to know why do we need to be restored? And then you need to know how to be restored. That's my assignment this morning. Let's start out by defining the word restoration. Ladies and gentlemen, restoration simply means a return to former owner that which belongs to him or her. There are things that belong to you and me that the enemy has stolen. And God said, I will return it back to you. In the act of returning that which was stolen back to the rightful owner, that is restoration. Amen. Tell somebody I got it. Amen. The Bible is full of examples of restoration. A king get dethroned. That's David, your his own son put him out. 
And he was on the run for his life. And then later on, the Lord restored him back to the throne. Restoration. He got the throne that was originally his before he was kicked out. There are other examples in the word of God. Peter backslide, denied Jesus, said, I don't know him. I've never met the man. But when Jesus came out of the grave, after the resurrection, he said, go and get my man, Peter. And he restored him back to his rightful place. I'm giving you an examples of restoration. You probably remember a gentleman by the name Ezekiel. He, he was a prophet. And he, God sent him, he found himself in the valley of dead bones. These were bones that used to have fresh skin. But now it's just bones, skeleton. But after, after the Lord intervened, all of a sudden, dead bones begin to come back to life. Restoration. This Bible is full of examples after example. One widow, her husband died and left her with nothing. Left her in debt and now the creditors came to take her only son. But by, by power of God, God intervened. And before the story was all over, she was restored. She had plenty to eat for the rest of her life. A jar of oil never run dry. Restoration. And I'm sure you remember the story of Job. Job was an owner. Lost everything. But God restored all back to him. Gave him double for his trouble. Why are we talking about restoration? Now that you know what it is. You need to know that there are thieves who steal from people. Some of you might say, well, I didn't know that. Well, you better know. And you may be just fooling yourself. If you think you didn't know about thieves, why do you have a lamb system in your house? Why is it that you have a surveillance camera in your home? You can be in the mall, you can be at work, somebody trying to get into your house, you can see it on your phone. There's a reason for that. You're not just trying to watch a movie. You want to make sure people don't break into your house. Think about it. Why do we have locks on our door? If there are no thieves, then why not leave the door wide open? 
So I'm suggesting to you in this world we live, there are thieves, there are burglars. Even some of you had guns in your house. That was not for decoration. You tried to keep away intruders. Anyone that will mess with your property. You're trying to say not here. So we have all these gadgets to address the reality of thieves. Our goal with all this system, whether it's surveillance system, alarm system, or lock on our door, our goal is to prevent unauthorized entry. We want to make sure there's no intrusion into what belongs to us. Because if thieves get in, guess what they do? They will steal from you. Please take note, ladies and gentlemen, just as people steal in the physical realm, the devil and demons can steal in the spiritual realm. Many times we are busy trying to protect what we got in the natural, but we leave the door wide open in the spiritual world, and so the devil just keeps stealing what belongs to God's children. And make no mistake about it, you have a lot of things in the spirit. How did I know that? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3, God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Just look at somebody next to you, say, I am blessed. So in the spirit, you are actually loaded. But the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that while you are blessed, while I am blessed, Many times we leave our doors, our spiritual doors, unlocked. We have no alarm system, no surveillance system. So the Bible said the thief cometh. John chapter 10 verse 10 now. It said the thief cometh. Not only to kill, not only to destroy, but to steal from you. He won't have to do much if the door is wide open. For some people, ladies and gentlemen, he has stolen your joy. For some people, he stole your peace. That's why we live in chaos. That's why we live in a messy life. Because we've allowed the devil to steal a peace of mind. For some, the devil has stolen their identity. Why you say that, pastor? That's why they go around. They don't know who they are. Some people don't know if they are male or female. Their identity has been stolen, and they didn't know it. For some, he has stolen your relationship. That's why 
people who love each other end up being separated. The devil stole their relationship. That's why people end up in divorce. That's why people are living together, but there's no harmony in the house. There's no unity in the house. It used to be there. But the devil came and steal what they got. I'm trying to help you to understand whether you need restoration or not. Ladies and gentlemen, there are some people the devil have stolen opportunities in their life. Doors that should be open. You find those doors being slammed in your face. Somebody was, one, one sister in the Lord was sharing with me, said, Pastor, please tell me what's wrong with me. You see, I've been here in this city for so long, but I've not found a man. I'm trying to live right. You see, tell me what's wrong with me. And I preached this sermon to her. I see, you are already blessed. There's a man with your name. <laughs> There's an, a man with your name on him. But the question is, have you left the door open for the devil to steal from you? Ladies and gentlemen, some people, the devil has stolen their purpose in life. You are here, but you don't know why you're here. You say, Pastor, how could that be? Just look at our own community right now. The 16-year-old to 25-year-old, they're shooting each other. Why would people shoot one another? No sense of who they are. No sense of their calling, their purpose. People just find themselves wandering day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. You just saw me as a young lady. What is your plan for the future? And she was eloquent. She was direct. She didn't know I would be asking her. But you'd be amazed how many young people out there had no clue what to do with their life. I have a habit of stopping them, even in town. When they say, hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, I say, come here, son. Let's talk. What is your plan for the future? I don't know. Some people, the enemy will steal your purpose if you're not careful. For some people, he has stolen life. That's why many people decide that being dead is better than living. Now you, now you see why this subject of restoration is very, very important. 
For some people, he has stolen their health. You're living, but you're barely surviving. Some people, the devil has stolen their prosperity. You're working, 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 but you have nothing to show for it. Ladies and gentlemen, the good news is that early this year, the Lord sent me to decree and declare by faith that this year, 2021, shall be a year of restoration. Somebody shout hallelujah. Open your mouth, shout hallelujah. God said, this is the year that I will restore that which was stolen. And make no mistake about it. God can restore to you against all odds. In the natural, you may say, oh, it's impossible. Oh, I'm too old. Oh, well, I'm it's too late. No, God can restore back to you that which you lose against all odds. Against all evidence, God can restore things to you against the status quo. God can restore back to you what you need, what belongs to you, both in the physical and in the spirit, against any data, any data out there, because he's God all by himself. So get ready to be restored. I say, get ready to be restored. Come on, help me, somebody. Get ready to be restored. All the stuff that has been stolen from you, get ready to be restored. In the name of Jesus. God said, I will bless you. I will make your name great. I bless those who bless you. I bless I'll curse those who curse you. Through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I'll be honest with you, I'm walking in that anointing right now as I speak to you. I, I, I just want to just shout about it. It's good to know that God will take care of you. Against all the challenges that you're facing with. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'll bless you in strange places. Have you ever been blessed in a strange place? That you know you don't even belong here, but God bless you anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you ever got a brand new car and you know your credit is jacked up? I've been there. Ain't no shame in my game. But when God gets ready to bless you, no weapon, form, or fashion against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of every servant, every son, daughter of Almighty God. God has a way of blessing you in dark places. God will bless you in the face of people that hate your God. Can you all stand to be blessed this morning? 
can you stand to be blessed? Can I tell you a little secret about being blessed? You see, the devil will bless you. But he will give you one thing and take four or five from you. But the blessing that comes from God, the Bible says he will make you rich and add no sorrow to it. Somebody shout restoration. Open your mouth, shout restoration. God said, I am going to restore you. This is our year of restoration. Everything that the devil has taken from you, everything that the devil has taken from me, God said, I'm going to give it back to you. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Tell somebody next to you, this is my year of restoration. Say like you mean it, this is my year of restoration. Everything that I lost, I will get it back in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody. Everything that is taken from you, everything that is stolen from you, this is the year. You've got six months to watch it happen. Did you hear what I said? You've got six months to watch it happen. All the stuff that you've been crying about, all the stuff that the enemy has stolen from you this year, God said, I will restore to you everything the locusts have eaten. Everything the canker worm has eaten. Everything the palmer worm has eaten. He said, I will restore it back to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to get your health back. Shout amen. You're going to get your life back. Shout amen. You're going to get your marriage back. Shout amen. You're going to get your mind back. Shout amen. You're going to get your heart back. Shout amen. Amen. All our children are coming home. Shout amen. Amen. God is about to restore that health. God is about to restore your marriage and restore your family back. Some of you, you've gone into the business world and infest and you lost money. God is fixing to restore your investment. Double for your trouble. In the name of Jesus Christ. And when God get ready to bless you, I say it again. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So the only question is, how does God do it? How are you and me going to receive our restoration? That's my assignment. I've got a few more minutes to point it out, and I'm out of here. The first thing that God needs to restore us is called repentance. What did I call it? Until you are on the side of the restorer, 
you're not a candidate for restoration. Did you hear what I just said? See, there's the thief. And then there's the restorer. His name is Jesus. Until you're on the side of that restorer, you're not a candidate for restoration. The book of Job, chapter 22, verse 23, made this clear. He says, if you will return back to God, God will build you up. But look at the condition up front. So it's up to you and me. Many of us never experience restoration because we never repent of our wrongdoing. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible says, turn to me with all your heart and I will restore. He wants you to turn back to God. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 13 says, render your heart, not your garment. That's the same book that talks about restoration. I read it to you in verse 25, where God says, I will restore. But you need to read the verses before it. It tells you exactly what you need to do to experience restoration. Somebody shout repentance. Say it again. So when God says repent, when he says render your heart and not your garment, you see, he said don't just change clothes every day. Change your heart. I don't know whether it's just in my home. You see, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have many girls. And it's interesting just for me to sit back and watch. They'll come in in one color. And the next time you blink your eye, they show up in another color. And I'm saying, huh, what happened? They change clothes. (laughs) And sometimes they mess with me. They will say, Daddy, isn't that the same shirt you were wearing yesterday? I say, yes, it is. What's wrong with it? No, you need to change clothes. I say, no, I'm fine. Oh, no. We want you to change clothes. Now God is saying, don't just change clothes. Change your heart. Can you imagine if we have a change of heart as many times as we change our clothes? Rend your heart, not your garment. Translation, don't just look churchy on Sundays and then live like hell. Monday through Friday. If you want God to restore you, the first step is repentance. Tell somebody, I got it. 
Another thing you need to do to, to experience restoration is called brokenness. You got to be broken. God restore people who are brokenhearted. It takes a broken soil to produce crops. Am I right about it? It takes a broken cloud to produce the rain. Am I right about it? It takes a broken grain to produce bread. The bread you eat is from a broken grain. It takes a broken bread to give you strength. Ladies and gentlemen, it takes a broken alabaster box for the fragrance and perfume to flow. The same thing in the spirit world. God is looking for a broken heart. And when you become broken, not hard-headed, not stubborn, not nobody can tell me nothing. Then you're not a candidate for restoration. You go through the whole Bible. People after people that are restored. These are people who are broken. It's, Lord, I'm sorry. Look at the prodigal son. He was restored. But not until he was broken. The Bible says one day he came to himself. Are you still here this morning? Another thing that you need to experience restoration, ladies and gentlemen, is called a cry of faith. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob did that in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 through verse 28. He cried unto God, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God restored him. You remember the story of Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Jabez was cursed all of his life, but he cried out to God. A cry of faith will position you for restoration. Many of you know that the devil has stolen from you, but you never cried out. You never asked God, please restore me. I had to do that. One time I couldn't walk. And they gave me some, I don't know the name of it. It's some kind of, uh, it's not a bicycle, but you, you, you put your, your, your bad leg on it, and then you, you, you. I cried to God. I said, this is a black man that used to walk. If anybody can fix it, you can fix it for me. Now I'm back on my feet. 
a cry of faith will get you restored. David cried to God. He messed up in Psalms 51. He said, cast me not away from your presence, O God. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore. You see that word again? Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. That's Psalms 51, verse 12. Renew the right spirit within me. And guess what? God heard him. And God restored him. A cry of faith. Another thing you need to learn to do to be restored, you have to subscribe to what we call divine guidance. If you want God to restore you, you have to be willing to follow the restorer. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Psalms 23, verse 3, you will see, he said, he restored my soul. But you keep reading, he said, he leaded me in the path of righteousness. You are not a candidate for restoration if you are not willing to follow divine guidance. God will not restore you so that you can continue to do what you used to do. Another thing you need to be restored, ladies and gentlemen, is to remain excited. you got to remain excited. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says, Be glad, O ye land. There's something that will make you glad in the midst of sorrow. It is because you know God will restore you. There's something within you. The King Jackson used to sing the song, something on the inside. While everybody is tripping, while everybody is freaking out, something within you will cause you to hold your head up. Some of you, you have lost your dance. Some of you, you've lost your praise. Some of you, you've lost your, your shout. But in order for you to be restored, I know the reason why you lost your praise is because the devil has wounded you. But the way back, the way you get your restoration, you got to be you you got to be excited. You got to get your dance back. You got to get your praise back. You got to be able to be shout in the midst of chaos. David was living in the city of Siglad. You all remember his story. And ladies and gentlemen, David came back and everything was gone. Somebody has stolen all of his property. They stole his wife. They stole all of his children. They cleaned the house. 
That's in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 30. Verse number 6, the Bible says, the first thing David did after he cried, you know, there, there comes a time you cry, you run out of tears. Guess what he did? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't encourage himself with Hennessy. I'm trying to help somebody. He did not encourage himself with Jack Daniel. David did say, okay, you know, I'm amazed how a loved one would die. And people are going through grief. And then they, they turn to alcohol. And they're coming to church, all their eyes red. And they can't even maintain their balance. David did not turn to drugs. David did not turn to weeds. David did not turn to the needle to shoot himself so he can get high again. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Get your praise on. Praise your way out of trouble. Press your way out of difficulty. Press your way out of grief. Press your way. That's how you get restored. And then you need to find you some what we call restoration agents. Amen. There are agents in this world. I call them agents of restoration. Identify. I told you for many years, over and over again, find you somebody. You, you, every team needs a cheerleader. You get tired after playing by yourself. Get somebody on the sideline clapping for you. Say you can do it. I believe in you. Come on, let's go. Come on, we can make it. Find you some agents of restoration. Everybody need a coach. Everybody need a mentor. As you go through life, who is your mentor? Who is your coach? Who is your cheerleader? i got to stop in conclusion. Turn with me to the book of Job. Chapter 42. I'm going to invite my worship team back to the stand. I just want to read one verse to you. Job 42 verse 10. It's an example of a brother who has been restored, who did the very thing I'm just telling you today. The Bible says, the Lord did what? Restored Mr. Job. Everything he lost. So what I'm sharing with you, these are no theories. There are human beings like you, like me, 
who have experienced the grace of God, the grace of restoration in their life. This was a man that lost all of his crop. This was a man that lost all of his investment. This was a man that lost all of his 10 children. This was a man that lost all of his friends. But God restored everything lost. Well, you need to find out how he got restored. The Bible told you there. He got restored when he prayed for his ugly friends. He got restored when he keep hating on people. He got restored when he forgave all the people that wronged him. He got restored. You see, his friends were the haters. His friends were an harassment to him. His friend was mean and hateful. But in order for you to get your restoration, you got to lose that man. You got to lose that woman. Let him go. Let her go. You have too much at stake to be fooling with somebody like that. He prayed for every one of those people that have wronged him. Every one of those people that have been harassing him, he prayed for them. And when he began to love on them, you know how Jesus said, if they slap your right cheek, turn the left to him. Forgive those who persecute you. <laughs> it's not worth it. Every now and then, folks around me, they want to remind me, this, this brother don't like you, pastor. This is what this sister say about you. I say, I love everybody. <laughs> Why? Because he restored my soul. He lead me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Ladies and gentlemen, let me finish that verse. The Bible says, Indeed, the Lord gave Job. How much? Can you read? How much did God give him? That's what we call overflow. That's what we call running over. That's what we call, hey! That's what we call double for your trouble. And if you're here today, and the devil has stolen from you. And you want back. We are my prayer team. Come up here. And you want back things that the devil has stolen from you. I've been there. I know what it is. I was in Everman, Texas. And the devil stole my house. Foreclosed upon. I to. Get all my people out, my children, asking, Daddy, why we have to move? It was a tough thing when you have to explain to a little child what foreclosure is. But I knew about restoration. I told God, I got one house, the devil stole the only one. 
I say, I want restoration in my life. Then I begin to do what I'm teaching you today. And the Lord restored me. I got not only one house, not only two houses, not three houses, not four houses. I say, Lord, do it again. He wants to give you double for your trouble. Just this past week, I was, I was intervening. A lady came all the way from out of state looking for a job at the college. And so we were just driving around the city. And he looked at a piece of pride and said, you know, this is beautiful. I like the fact this, this set of apart- apartment is not too far from the college. And she kept running her mouth. I said, by the way, that belongs to me. All of a sudden, the conversation changed for the rest of the day. God will restore everything the devil has stolen from you. I'm going to ask every one of you to stand. And if you like me, you're a candidate for restoration. Find one of these brothers and sisters. Just whisper what you believe in God for and pray. There's something called a prayer of agreement. Say, agree with me concerning this. Believe God for your miracle. I've seen God restore me over and over again. I don't know why the devil loves to steal from me. But thank God for restoration. He restored my soul. He will restore your peace. He will restore your joy. He will restore your relationship. He will restore your health. He will restore your finance.
name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the gift of restoration. Lord, we thank you that you are God who made promise and keep your promise. You said, you made it clear, I will restore everything the locusts have stolen. Everything the caterpillar have stolen from us. Everything the palmer worm have stolen. Lord, we thank you for our restoration. Show yourself strong in the life of every believer in this house. Glorify yourself in our life. Thank you for restoration of finance. Thank you for restoration of, of, of blessings, of miracles. Thank you for restoring our health. Thank you for restoring our soul. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord God a clap offering. Come on, if you receive this morning, just thank him. Thank him for restoration. Thank you. Thank him. Thank him for restoring your soul. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Let me encourage you to give this morning. We have ushers at the back of the, of the building. If the Lord has prospered you, we encourage you to sow. Sow some seed. God loves a cheerful giver. Let me tell you a little secret about life. Everything that is with you, you don't own nothing. God owned everything. But he has given you and me the opportunity to manage it. Instruction in the garden to Adam and Eve. Keep what I've created. Take care of what I've created. Manage it. One of the ways you manage it is you return back to God. 10% of what he has given you. That's your way of saying, Lord, I know all good and perfect gifts come from above. Thank you for trusting me. Those of you who are live streaming with us, you can partake in this giving effort also. Go to our website, zionhill.com. There's an opportunity for online giving. And if you need prayer, there's a number under the screen. As we sing and shout and celebrate, dial that number. There are ministers of the gospel waiting to pray with you, to rejoice with you for making a decision to follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord God a clap offering for, for the visitation of the Holy Spirit. We're back in your hand. God bless you. Let's just continue to thank him right before we get ready to leave this place and adjourn. And clap your hands like this with us. Father, we thank you for the restoration.